Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, Great joy to be here with you as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 4 o'clock live for uh, this program. And then, of course, we repeat uh, the program at 10 o'clock each of those nights. And uh, I'm so thrilled always to be here with you as we gather now on this December 11th, second week of Advent, Wednesday and the second week of Advent. Uh, Two weeks from today is Christmas Day. And uh, I don't know, it's getting, it's getting away from me here, um, but doing the best I can to slow it down and just really savor Advent. I always like to say I love, I love to savor Advent, just kind of just get all wrapped up in the season of uh, beautiful anticipation, joyful anticipation. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping you're having a great day. It's a Wednesday, of course, and uh, the Holy Father earlier today over in Rome uh, had his general audience, as he does most Wednesdays in St. Peter's, and I believe it was outside today, so the weather must be um, pretty nice if it was outside. There's a picture. It looks like they're outside anyway. If they're not outside, they go next door to the St. Pope uh, Paul VI Hall, which I think holds about 6,000 people as opposed to the square, St. Peter's Square, that you can get probably 70,000 people in there. Um but anyway, he continued his teaching uh, on um, from the Acts of the Apostles, and his theme today was martyrdom. Martyrdom is the air that Christians breathe. So I'll share some of that with you. And then I want to go back and conclude the beautiful little apostolic letter that uh, Pope Francis released uh, on December 1st on the importance uh, and the meaning of the nativity scene. Beautiful little teaching he's giving on nativity scene. So we'll continue that. We started it yesterday. We'll finish it today. Um, if you are listening live at 4.02 on this December 11th, 2019, uh, also know, please, that we are coming to you live in so many wide and varied uh, platforms. Of course, all of our audio platforms, our radio stations, number one, uh, our four stations here in New Jersey, that, um, you know, I, I, I still am in awe. I, was, I came back from the post office earlier today and you know, I pull into our driving uh, driveway in our parking lot. And we have four big towers out there in the in the fields uh, that uh, take this twelve sixty a.m. signal uh, so far into uh, New Jersey and over into Pennsylvania. And then, of course, we have our freehold station that covers Monmouth and Ocean counties. Uh, our Cape May station that covers that uh, part of the state, and we go all the way up into northern Hunterdon County uh, on twelve sixty a.m. And, of course, we fill in the gap down there in Atlantic County with 1580 a.m. And just, uh, uh, you know, God is so wonderful, so awesome. All the many, many blessings and miracles that he has worked for this apostolate through the years um, and reaching so many people. You know, we're getting, again, thanks to all of you who are responding to our Christmas mailing. I'm hearing from so many of you uh, from whom I haven't heard in the past couple of years, but 
you're supporting us generously, and I so much appreciate that. And we're going to pray, you know, we'll keep that as part of our prayer, that we do reach our goal of $75,000 by the end of the month. So we have uh, three weeks left to get that done. Uh, we're at a, a, a little over 25000 right now, so a third of the way there. Um, but so many of you who are responding, and especially thank you so much for sending us your prayer requests and your prayer intentions. I can't tell you how much it means to me, to, uh, and I love in our chapel uh, to take your prayer requests with me and, and as, before I pray and my morning prayer or day prayer or evening prayer. I go through your uh, your prayer requests one at a time and, and pray over uh, for you and for your intentions. So please keep them coming as well. Bruce will be here, of course, on Monday with Come to the Throne, and uh, he throws open the prayer tent and invites you to call in and pray uh, with uh, him, and he'll pray for you. Um, but also, you know, all of our audio and um, our, uh, well, you know, let's let's pray first, then we'll get back to that. We're, I'm kind of rambling here. We should pray first, always pray first. So wherever you are listening or watching from, my friends, uh, we pray with and for each other. And I invite you now to let's be united in uh, heart, mind, and soul, uh, coming across the many miles that we cover around the world, uh, to be united as one uh, and members of the body, one body of Christ. And so for all of your intentions, we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice today and each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are so blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And our Holy Father has asked us to pray the prayer to St. Michael and also the ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer, to pray to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And our prayer for the beatification of uh, Mother Maria Calpis, and also we're praying for uh, through her intercession, a complete and total miraculous healing of our friend Maria. So we pray, O loving Jesus, we beseech you, grant that your servant, Mother Maria, who is imbued with your Eucharistic presence while on earth, may through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and St. Casimir be glorified by visible signs and miracles, so that for your glory and the salvation of souls she may by your power be declared blessed. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Calpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for a complete and total healing of our friend Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. We ask this through Jesus our Lord and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. 
Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, as always, friends, thanking you for praying. And as I said, please keep those prayer intentions coming in. Uh, we have a basket that uh, we put in the um, in front of the uh, tabernacle, at the foot of the altar in our chapel. And uh, you're being prayed for, trust me, and you are being prayed for regularly. So keep those prayer intentions coming in. We sent out over 6,000 uh, newsletters, our Grazia end-of-year newsletter back uh the Monday before Thanksgiving. So I'm sure you all uh, have received it by now. And so uh, when you do receive that, um, we just share with you the, the many blessings that the Lord has bestowed on us throughout this past year, and they have been many, and also how he has given us the grace and the strength to to uh, get through some uh, challenging times, which we did. You know, we had the the, the mold remediation, we had the, uh, the attic remediation, we had uh, um, the uh, Russian hack of our computer system, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But we're still here. <laughs> we're still here, thanks be to God. Uh, and uh, closing out our year on a high note, I pray. Uh, so when you do receive our, our, our newsletter, my friends, and you have uh, the opportunity to send back that enclosed uh, envelope, um, Certainly, send us your prayer requests. If nothing else, we want those. Uh, but if you can, to, to make a generous gift to Domestic Church Media as an end-of-year Christmas uh, giving, we appreciate that. And uh, we're trying to raise at least $75,000 by the end of this month. So far, uh, in December, we've raised uh, about twenty-five, a little over 25000 Um working toward that $75,000 goal. And you're always so generous. You always come through for me. Whenever I put the appeal out, you always not just meet the goal, but but go beyond it. So thank you so much for that. And I know there are people who listen and watch um, who have been very blessed financially. <laughs> I just throw it out there to you. You know, would you share some of that blessing with us? And to those of you who who make enormous sacrifices, and I know so many of you do, with your five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollar gifts, I appreciate that so much, and be assured of our prayers for you. But it's all for this cause. It's all because we need to get the gospel proclaimed. You know, before our Lord ascended into heaven, what did He tell the disciples? He told us, "Go out into the whole world and proclaim the good news." And and again, I you know I'm I'm in awe of the technology that's available to us. We're coming to you now live on on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Domestic Church Media, on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Domestic Church Media. We're streaming live audio on our our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. We're on the Amazon Echo and the Google Home devices, the home speakers. All you have to do is say, play Domestic Church Media, and we'll stream live there 24-7. Our brand-new free mobile app that we released in October, which is, I got to tell you, I, I use it all the time. Uh, when, I, when I go to Mass and before Mass, I like to go over the readings that we're going to hear during Mass, and the daily readings are on there. Many, many prayers, a plethora of prayers, the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire... Uh, Bible, um, as well as Liturgy of the Hours. It's all on there, uh, so much. And then, of course, there's a whole, anything about domestic church media is on there. You can you can listen to the archive programs. You can watch uh, the video of the programs. You can watch us live right now on the mobile app if you have it, or listen. So, so many things. Download it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You just have to go to your, your app store and search for domestic church media and download it, and it's free. And it's a beautiful app. 
Um, but all these means and methods we use literally take us around the world. I mean, it just, I, I'm, I'm in awe of what God has done, that I could sit here in this beautiful studio that he's given us, uh, the Lord has given us here in Ewing, uh, New Jersey, Mercer County, and uh, talk to the, the cameras and, and talk behind the mic and, and know that, that we're going around the world, literally going around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the world so much needs this today. And, you know, Pope Francis said it about two or three years ago that the world needs Jesus today more than ever, more than ever. You know, we know we're preparing to celebrate his birth from 2,000 years ago. In God's time, at that time, he sent his only son into the world. But we know, as Pope Francis said, we need him now (laughs) more than ever. Because the world has gone so far off track in so many ways, so many areas of life, my goodness. And, and you and I, who have the gift of grace to, to believe and to try our best to live the faith that Jesus Christ brings to us, it's our responsibility as disciples to be missionary, to go out. So I get the opportunity every day, or at least three days a week, four days a week, to sit behind this microphone, sit in front of these cameras, and get the word out. But I can't do this. I can't do this without you. And so you're just as important as anybody here. Nobody's more important than the other. We're all in this together. We all have different roles to play in this apostolate. And I can't, these, these microphones can't turn on if I can't pay the electric bill. And, and, and the transmitter can't go on. So we, we, it means nothing if you don't help us. So you're just as important and just as much of a part of this apostolate when you pray for us and support us. Uh, so I'm just asking you, putting it out there, please. Again, our goal is 75000 by the end of the month. We're about $25,000 uh, on the way there now, about a third of the way. And I know that you can do it for us. And uh, that would put us in a, in a very, very good break-even position to end out the year in the black and um, enter into the new year with a little bit of a cushion to make up for the shortfall that we usually experience in January and February. So... Open your heart to what the Lord may be asking you to do. And to those of you who have a lot of money, <laughs> and, you know, I, I got to tell you, someone recently said to me, Jim, you got to ask for the money. It's out there. It's out there. Don't be afraid to ask for it because it's out there and people want to give it. So those of you who have a lot of money, you can help us out in a big way. Let's go to Pope Francis's general audience from today. And uh, let me pull it up here. Um, let's see. I, I'm, I'm looking to see if he was in the square or he was inside. I don't I see a picture of the, is this from today. Today's the 11th, right? Looks like they're outside. Nope, they're inside. They're inside Pope, Pope Paul VI Hall. Because this time of year in, in, in Rome, you know, Cheryl and I, we got married uh, It'll be 34 years on December 28th. We got married December 28th, 1985. Um, we honeymooned in Rome. And so we were in Rome uh, for the new year, but it was December. So it was beautiful. It was, you know, that we were at St. Peter's Basilica there and the, the manger scene was set up. And uh, But it is, it can be, it was, it was cold and damp. It was, it was very overcast and misty most days. It was, uh, so it can get, you know, uh, inclement uh, in uh, this time of year. Best times weather-wise in Rome are October and April. It's not too cold, not too hot. The sun is usually out all the time. Perfetto. 
as they say in Italy. But today, they were inside because I'm sure it was cold and damp outside. But the Holy Father continued his Wednesday general audience teaching from the Acts of the Apostles, and he um, held up a figure of St. Paul today as a model for Christians saying suffering, persecution, and martyrdom are a sign that they are walking in the footsteps of the Lord. I had a friend of mine today text me. His um, his brother uh, just found out he had to have emergency uh, triple bypass surgery tomorrow. So keep uh, this gentleman in your prayer prayers who's having the surgery. And my friend has also been a burden throughout this year with other things uh, for himself and family members and things. And and he, he said, I don't really don't know what the Lord is up to. <laughs> and we don't, we don't know the mind of God. But Pope Francis reminded us today that if we experience suffering in any way, and to the extreme of because of our, our Christianity and our discipleship, persecution, and even to the point of martyrdom, he said, these are signs that we're actually walking in the footsteps of the Lord. So, you know, that's one thing that we Christians, and especially Catholics, take great, great comfort in. Holy Father said, even today, Christians are being persecuted and, and marginalized. Um, and he said, it's a blessing to be a witness of martyrdom. And the Holy Father reflected on the seal of suffering. He called it the seal of suffering that increasingly marked the life of St. Paul as recounted in the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, the intrepid missionary is not only an ardent evangelizer among the pagans, but he's also the suffering witness of the risen one. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, scripture scenes is from the Acts of the Apostles when Paul and Silas are arrested and imprisoned. And, you know, you know, we think of prisons today, and, and I know we have uh, brother, prisoners, brothers and sisters who are in prison who listen to this radio station, who take great comfort in, in knowing that we're here and they can listen to these broadcasts. So if you're listening, my friends, hello to you. Um, but imagine what the prisons were like back in uh, 2,000 years ago. Um, they weren't very pleasant places. And I'm sure with Paul and Silas um, doing what they were doing in the spread of Christianity, uh, they were placed in the dirtiest, dankiest, smelliest, filthiest, rat-infested part of the dungeon, and they were chained and shackled And after having been beat up first <laughs> and, then, and then thrown into prison. But what does the scripture tell us that they, did, they were doing? They were singing songs of praise. They were, they were, they were filled with so much grace and understanding that they're giving great witness to Christ and walking with him in his own suffering. And Holy Father said, upon his arrival in Jerusalem, Paul is met with the ferocious hatred of people saying he was a persecutor who was not to be trusted. Uh, as it was for Jesus, Jerusalem also became hostile to Paul, and he was led out of the temple to be lynched, but was saved by the Roman soldiers Accused of teaching against the law and the temple, he was arrested and began his journey as a prisoner to various uh, authorities of the region. The Holy Father drew attention to similarities between Paul and Jesus. He said both were hated by their adversaries, accused publicly. Both were found innocent by the Roman authority, and Paul is associated with the passion of his master, and his passion becomes a living gospel. Paul's passion becomes a living gospel. And the Holy Father noted that Christians today continue to suffer for the sake of Jesus. 
And just before the general audience, he, he met a group of Ukrainian pilgrims who suffered for the gospel without negotiating their faith. You know, we hear these stories of other parts of the world, don't we, friends, of Christians who are forced to make a public decision that would require them to give up their religion or die, to give up their Christianity and their faith that meant so much to them, or, or be tortured. And we, we read about and hear stories how they won't do it. They won't give up their faith. I wonder if we, we here in this country who have it pretty good would be so brave. I pray that we would. I pray that we'd have and receive that grace, the strength to stand up to that, the persecution, um, because we know that uh, it's, it's happening in other parts of the world. It's been happening ever since our Lord himself was falsely accused and, 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 and uh, crucified. And it's been happening to his disciples for 2,000 years. Now, we've had it pretty good in this country so far. But we know there are other parts of the world where uh, our brother and sister Christians are, are being, being murdered, being tortured, being arrested, persecuted, imprisoned because of the faith that we take so much for granted here in this country. So Holy Father is reminding uh, the friends today and who were at his general audience using St. Paul as this example. He said, today in the world, in Europe, uh, many Christians are persecuted and they give their lives for their faith or are persecuted with white gloves, that is, left aside and marginalized. Martyrdom, the Holy Father said, is the heir of the life of a Christian, of a Christian community. There will always be martyrs among us. That is why, uh, that is, I'm sorry, that is the sign that we are on the path of Jesus. It's like a blessing from the Lord that among the people of God, there be some witness of martyrdom, the Holy Father said. I remember when I was very, very little, I'm going to think maybe a kindergarten or first grade, and, you know, I was taught um, by uh, wonderful nuns <laughs> and the, when I was in my first few years of, of elementary school, when I was a kid, we didn't go to preschool. You started in kindergarten. It was half day kindergarten. You're five years old. Um, and then you enter into first grade the next year. But I remember uh, sister, and they were fully habited, um, Franciscan nuns or Carmelites. What were they? Franciscan or Carmelite. But they had the full, they had the full habit, brown habit, full brown habit. Um, you know, where you couldn't even, all you saw of their face was what, what was allowed, you know, around their, their chin and, and forehead. <laughs> you didn't see their ears or hair. Uh, but anyway, so they, but I remember vividly there was one, one, one nun, I can't remember her name, but she was telling a story of martyrdom and she was asking us, the children, you know, what are we, six, seven years old, you know, if someone held a gun to your head and said, and asked you to deny Jesus, would you do it? I still have this image in my, in my mind. <laughs> um, pretty vivid. Um, but even today, what, the question we can ask ourselves is, would we have the courage and the strength to do that? I, 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 my goodness. Listen, if you're going to go, martyrdom is, is, is your ticket home, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you're guaranteed pretty much you'll be in the arms of the Lord in, in an instant. I mean, right past purgatory, it's going to be the express. If you suffer, if we suffer martyrdom, that's that you're on the express train all the way home, pretty quick. 
Um, Holy Father said um, Paul was called to defend himself against accusations in the presence of King Agrippa uh, II. The Holy Father said Paul's apology turns out to be an effective witness of faith. Paul narrated his own conversion and how the risen Christ entrusted him with the mission among the nations and carrying out this task. The apostles showed uh, how the prophet and prophets and Moses foretold that Christ should suffer, and that at the first to rise, as the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to the people and to the Gentiles. And Paul's passionate witness touched the hearts of the king, the heart of the king, who, lacking the decisive step, replied, "You will soon persuade me to play the Christian." And Holy Father said, Paul was declared innocent, but could not be released because he had uh, appealed to the Roman emperor. Thus, the Holy Father said, the unstoppable journey of the word of God continued to Rome, where Paul ended up in chains. And, you know, there's that beautiful, uh, one of the major basilicas in Rome is St. Paul outside the walls, and that's where uh, St. Paul is buried. And the Holy Father noted that uh, because of this, Paul is portrayed as a prisoner whose chains are the sign of his fidelity to the gospel and his testimony to the risen one. For Paul, Holy Father said, as Pope Benedict noted, faith is not a theory or an opinion on God and the, and the world, but is the impact of God's love in his heart and his love for Jesus. And we look at St. Paul as a great example, uh, as a disciple, you know, someone who, who wasn't one of the original 12, uh, someone who was actually persecuting Christians, and someone who had this major conversion experience and because of that became the the greatest uh, missionary and evangelist that the church has and and we use him as an example because he he was often asked by the lord to go through many trials being shipwrecked being imprisoned being beat up being persecuted being arrested multiple times but he never stopped preaching. He kept going through all of that, right? And so Holy Father said that, you know, he holds him up as a, a model of discipleship and a model of, of, of Christianity. The Holy Father concluded his teaching today in, Saint Peter, in Rome, urging Christians to pray for the grace of, to persevere in their faith and amid trials, seeing everything with the eyes of faith and being faithful to their vocation as disciples and missionaries of the Lord. Now, as I said, we, you know, we have it pretty easy in this country. You know, for as, as sometimes as uh, we may have to suffer white martyrdom, we're not suffering bloody martyrdom, but we're suffering white martyrdom through, uh, you know, the, the, the perhaps the, the persecutions, you know, the Christianity is mocked often uh, on television, in the movies. The name of the Lord is taken in vain without a second thought. Um, we're told as Catholics that our church is archaic and it's, it's uh, you know, uh, outdated and, 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 you know, not, not, not um, moving forward with the times and all this other stuff. And so we are mocked, we are persecuted, we are ostracized. And it's gotten worse. It wasn't always like that. This, uh, this is the time of year, I think I mentioned it a week or so ago, you know, it was 
You see some of the movies that come on around Christmas time, like Bells of St. Mary's and Going My Way with Bing Crosby, who played this lovable priest. You know, and everybody loved the church. And these types of films being made where, where the clergy is being portrayed in a, in a very positive light and the church is be, being portrayed in a very positive light. You don't see many movies like that anymore <laughs> that feature a uh, a priest or the church in, in, in good light. You see all the other junk that they put out. But we know that we still have a pretty good compared to our brother and sister Christians in other parts of the world who are literally suffering bloody martyrdom, who are being imprisoned, who are being persecuted, uh, physically tortured and killed because of their faith. So Holy Father, today urge all of us as Christians to pray for the grace to persevere in our faith amid trials. You know, people find it very easy if they begin to suffer you know, they, they, they blame God, and they feel, I'll, I'll get God back for this one. I'll leave the church. I'll stop going to Mass. I'll stop going to the sacraments. That's exactly what the devil wants us to do. God allows these trials to make us stronger. Uh, he always allows these things always to bring about a greater good, whatever that good might be. It's, it's, it's not something that he... Um, takes delight in or, or gets his kicks out of. You know, we, our God is not a God who sits up in a, in a mighty throne with a, a lightning bolt in, in his hand waiting to just catch us doing something wrong so he can strike us down with that bolt of lightning. But he, he will, by his permissive will, allow sometimes in our lives things to happen that do cause trials. And Holy Father said, let's pray for the perseverance in our faith during those times, seeing everything with the eyes of faith and being faithful to our vocation as disciples and missionaries of the Lord. And let me take a break, my friends. When I come back, we're going to go back to Pope Francis's apostolic letter that he released a couple of weeks ago on the nativity scene. And also, I just want to remind you about that bill uh, here in New Jersey that uh, you need to be made aware of. So stay where you are. More to come on Come to Me. The key that opens the door to faith is prayer. Join St. Paul Street Evangelization by running a prayer station in the public square. You don't need to be a professional apologist or theologian. Just listen to the needs of the people you encounter. Offer encouragement, take prayer requests, and pray with people. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that. 
because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. I don't know if news is news anymore. Do you think it is? When you hear that they're going to clone a human being, you know, it's hard enough to put up with some people, let alone two of them. (laughs) (laughs) We seem to glorify sin, grievous sin these days, you see. But we say that the sin is worth it to do good. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? The abortion clinics sell the little fetus six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece. First we murder the child and then we sell it. For what? Oh, well, it's going to cure an old woman. Well, you just killed a young one. True love is the best gift of all. Bye now. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solberry. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Alrighty, welcome back. And in just a moment, we're going to go back to... Uh, Pope Francis's apostolic letter on the importance and significance and meaning of the nativity scene. Uh, we'll do that. I do want to make you aware of a couple things here. Um, we mentioned this yesterday that there is a bill uh, the New Jersey State Senate could vote on as early as this coming Monday, December 16th. Um, it's uh, legislation that would eliminate the long-standing exemption in the current state law that protects religious employers from having to provide health insurance coverage for family planning medications and devices and procedures, including abortion, inducing drugs, and sterilization. So the bill um, is, uh, I believe, going to be voted on by the New Jersey State Senate this coming Monday, the 16th. If it's signed into law, 
It would impact the ability of Catholic dioceses, Catholic schools, and Catholic charity agencies to offer employees comprehensive health benefits without violating our fundamental Catholic principles. So I'm going to send you to a website, njcatholic.org, njcatholic.org, and um, check it out, and it gives you information on uh, how um, and what you can do to help protect religious freedom. So it's njcatholic.org. Spread it around. Get the word out there. Have people go read about it. Uh, This bill that uh, is going to be voted on on Monday is the last bit of information I have here from this website, and I'm assuming that's correct. Um, But if passed, it would um, impact the ability that uh, the diocese, the Catholic schools, uh, the Catholic charity agencies offer uh, employee uh, employees comprehensive health benefits without violating our fundamental Catholic principles. So it's njcatholic.org. Check that out. Um, you also heard a little spot there, Cheryl and, and I, with the Friday Live coming up uh, in a couple of days. Uh, this week, our guests will be our friend uh, Deacon Anthony, a CEO, who's a deacon from the Diocese of Camden. He can have his uh, senior spirituality moment. And then a book um, written by uh, Maggie Green, and it's called The St. Monica Club, How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. And it's published by uh, Sophia Press. So we're going to have the author, Maggie Green. She herself, um, I believe, this, this, is a, this is a pen name. Uh, her real name is not revealed, but it, she herself has children who have fallen away. And, you know, I mentioned to you that um, we're getting... So many prayer requests, uh, and, and again, thank you for that, for sending your those envelopes back that you got with the newsletter. Um, but I know, I, I got to tell you, included in those prayer requests, I'm going to say one out of every three or so, at least one prayer request in one out of every three of those envelopes says, please pray for my adult children, for my grandchildren who have left the church. It's a very, very common prayer. So... That I think everybody, probably everybody, I bet almost everybody listening or watching right now has been touched in one way or another by that painful situation, especially as a parent. So we're going to have Maggie Green on with us on Friday, uh, Friday Live, Cheryl and I, and uh, her book is called The St. Monica Club, How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. So that's Friday. Okay, let's go back to Holy Father Pope Francis's apostolic letter. And its Latin name is Admirabile Signum. Admirabile Signum. And it's on the importance, the significance, and meaning of nativity scene. So we left off yesterday. Holy Father was talking about the landscapes and, and uh, um, the, you know, what, what, how we kind of set up our, our nativity scenes in, with, the, with the particular landscapes that we use. Um, and he said, with th- that emotion, should we arrange the mountains, streams, sheep, and shepherd in the nativity scene? As we do so, we're reminded that, as the prophets had foretold, all creation rejoices in the coming of the Messiah. And the angels and the guiding star are a sign that we, too, are called to set out for the cave and to worship the Lord. I remember vividly... Fifteen years ago, I can't believe it was that long ago, 
I've, I think I've shared this with you, that it was 15 years ago. I was kind of in transition. I didn't really have a job, per se. <laughs> I was out of work, uh, hoping to start. Then we had, we had already incorporated Domestic Church Media, but we had no radio stations. So it really wasn't working. We're just working on trying to get a radio station, at least our first one. But because of that, because of that time, I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in adoration. And I started, I, I went, there was a, no longer there, sadly, a beautiful adoration chapel over here in Fallsington, Pennsylvania, in Falls Township at St. Joseph the Worker Parish. And there was a beautiful little separate perpetual adoration chapel. It was perpetual. It was beautiful and very, very warm and, and, and cozy. And our Lord was there. Uh, sadly, that parish was closed and the property sold. Now it's condominiums. It's, I drove by a couple weeks ago. It really broke my heart. But anyway, I, I started going to, to adoration during this time of transition. And that particular year, it was 2004, so it is 15 years ago, I, I was journaling in adoration. I would just bring a, like a steno pad. Do they even make steno pads? Do they even do steno anymore? Remember those steno pads they used to have? I got a steno pad, and I would just go sit with our Lord. Sometimes I'd be there two, three times a day. I'd go in the morning, go have lunch, come back, go have dinner, come back. <laughs> Sitting there talking with Jesus saying, I know you want me to do this, Lord, but nothing's happening. But I, I, I felt interiorly him say to me, write down what I'm telling you. So I started to journal in the Adoration Chapel. And I still have the steno pad, but it's funny because I would write in the steno pad. It almost looked like it was steno because, <laughs> you know, any of you who, who know how to write steno, you know, you make all these squiggly lines and well, my handwriting is awful, and it was awful then. And uh, So what I would do is I'd go home and then sit down at the computer and type out what I had written. Otherwise, because I, I have it, I still have the pad here today, and I can't read half of it. But I, every day I went back and I typed it out, so I, I had that. A lot of, again, very very private you know, type of communication I feel, felt between the Lord and me. But I remember one day, because I started on November 30th. That's the day I started the Feast of St. Andrew. And I did it almost every day, right through December, Advent, Christmas. And I think my last day that I was doing it was the Feast of the, the, uh, uh, the Presentation in February, February 2nd. But I remember it was during Christmas week. And... As I said, this is a beautiful little chapel. It had a kind of a, a a ramp walkway leading up to the to the main door. And I remember walking up toward that, and I, I just had this over. It was Christmas week. It was maybe the twenty seventh, twenty eighth of, of December. And I remember walking up to the Adoration Chapel, and almost as if I was actually literally audibly hearing the angels singing the hosannas, glory to God in the highest. And I thought to myself, this is exactly what the shepherds experienced. And we have that opportunity every day, if we want, to run in haste. And as, as Holy Father writes, that we too are called to set out for the cave and worship the Lord. And we can do that every, every day we go to Mass, or we're going to an adoration chapel, or just sit before a tabernacle, 
We're, we're running in haste to the cave to worship the Lord. We have that opportunity every day. And so in his reflection on the nativity scenes, the Holy Father is saying that we, you know, we arrange this, the sheep and the shepherds at the scene. And it reminds us, as we're setting those little figurines up, it reminds us that, that as the prophets had foretold, all creation rejoices in the coming of the Messiah. And then he quotes from Luke 2 from the shepherds, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So the shepherds tell one another after the angels um, proclaim this to them, Holy Father says a beautiful lesson emerges from these simple words. Unlike so many other people busy about many things, the shepherds become the first to see the most essential thing of all, the gift of salvation. It is the humble and the poor who greet the event of the incarnation. Isn't it interesting how the Lord didn't go when he came into this world? He, he didn't go to see the, the, the rulers of the land, the kings, the important, socially important people. He didn't go to the, to, the, uh, to the temple to see the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He allowed himself to be born in this humble, most humble of ways. And the revelation of his coming was given to the poorest of the poor, the shepherds in the fields. And it reminds me, as I, as I say these words, I speak these words to you, you know, we've had the very blessed opportunity on... Uh, Few, few occasions to go to the general audiences like the one the Holy Father gave today in Rome, every, every, usually every Wednesday. He'll miss a Wednesday or two if he's out of the country or on pilgrimage or something. Uh, but we've been there. We've, we've, we've actually, you know, you, you get your tickets and you sit in the square. Or if, again, we were very blessed that one time to sit up right up where the Holy Father was. And that one time we were up there with him behind the cardinals who were there, it impressed me that when Pope Francis finished giving his general audience teaching. Now the square is filled with you know thousands of people, but right up on the the, the uh, platform where he gives his talk at the top of the stairs in St. Peter's Basilica outside, all the the dignitaries, the, the cardinals first, all the cardinals and the bishops of the church get to see sit right there, and then behind them, the invited dignitaries who get the special tickets, the speciali. And that particular year, Cheryl and I were able to get those tickets, so we were up there. But when the Holy Father finished his teaching, you know, you would think he would go to greet the cardinals, all the the, the upper echelon of, of of authority in the church there, but he didn't. He walked straight down the stairs into the square, and what they do at the general audiences, they take all the um, um, individuals who are in wheelchairs and they put them right in the front at the bottom of the stairs and as those are the first people the Holy Father goes went to meet and I've been there a few times and that he does it every time it wasn't that just that one occasion he'll he'll walk right past the bishops and the cardinals and even the dignitaries who are up there and he goes straight down the stairs and greets individually all the people who are in the wheelchairs and, and the handicapped and he spends time with them first 
which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and here he reminds us, in, in we set up our nativity scenes, we, we're setting up our shepherds and our sheep, and it reminds us that, that the Lord revealed himself to the poorest of the poor first. He says, it's, it, he writes in the letter, it is customary to add many symbolic figures to our nativity scenes. First, there are the beggars and the others who know only the wealth of the heart. They, too, have every right to draw near to the infant Jesus. No one can evict them or send them away from the crib so makeshift that the, so makeshift that the poor seem entirely at home. Indeed, the poor are a privileged part of the mystery. Often they are the first to recognize God's presence in our midst. I was watching something, and you can find it on YouTube. And I, I, I find myself watching more YouTube on my TV than regular TV these days. But um, I, I mentioned to you that when Cheryl and I were on our honeymoon, we, we, we honeymooned in Rome, and it was Christmas time, many, many years, well, 34 years ago. And uh, so I just Googled on, on, or not Googled, searched on YouTube. Um, I just said Christmas in Italy. And there's a lot of little videos of of. Christmas, how they celebrate Christmas in Italy. I'm sure you could do it for any country and find the videos. But they did point out at one point that, they, that the Italian culture, the, in the Italian culture, they will often do this. They'll often, you know, we're used to putting, okay, so I have Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in my nativity set. I have a couple of shepherds. I have an ox and, and a cow and, and a few sheep. And then I have the three wise men and some angels up on top of the, 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 the main, you know, the, 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 the stable. That's our typical nativity scene. But in Italy, and I'm sure other countries, but they pointed to this, this, this video was about Italy. In Italy, uh, they put, they, they adapted the, their nativity scene to their own environment. So in Tuscany, uh, the nativity scene is a, is a square, and there's a lot of Italian culture there. And even Jesus, even Mary and Joseph are, are Italian peasants. Um, it's a really interesting concept, and Holy Father's pointing this out, that, you know, we shouldn't, you know, we don't have to limit ourselves to just the, the traditional, but the point is that Christ came for all people. And uh, he points out here that the presence of the poor and the lowly in the nativity scene remind us that God became man for the sake of those who feel most in need of his love and who ask him to draw near to them. Jesus, gentle and humble in heart, was born in poverty and led a simple life in order to teach us to recognize what is essential and to act accordingly. The nativity scene clearly teaches that we cannot let ourselves be fooled by wealth and fleeting promises of happiness. I love that line. We cannot fool ourselves by wealth. We cannot be fooled by wealth. We see Herod's place in the background closed and deaf to the tidings of joy. By being born in a manger, God himself launches the only true revolution that can give hope and dignity to the disinherited and the outcast, the revolution of love, the revolution of tenderness. From the manger, Jesus proclaims in a meek yet powerful way the need for sharing with the poor as the path to a more human and fraternal world in which no one is excluded or marginalized. There was something silly last night that I saw in the news, i got to tell you. It was a... Protestant church, I'm going to say California, with a, a, a woman pastor, and they set up their nativity scene on their property, and they had Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the statues, but they put them each in their own separate cage. 
to try to make a political statement about refugees or something. That's taken much, much too far. Um, Holy Father said, children, but adults too, often love to add the nativity scene other figures that have no apparent connection with the gospel accounts, yet each in his own way. These fancy, uh, fanciful additions show that in the new world inaugurated by Jesus, there is room for whatever is truly human and for all God's creatures. From the shepherd to the blacksmith, from the banker to the musicians, from the woman carrying jugs of water to the children at play, all this speaks of the everyday holiness, the joy of doing ordinary things in an extraordinary way born whenever Jesus shares his divine life with us. And as I said, I, I watched that video on, on, on uh, uh, Italy and, uh, Christmas in Italy, and that's what they did. They put their, their townspeople into the nativity scene. And when you stop to think about it, I mean, that, that's Christ came for us all. And, uh, you know, so they, they depict that. And Holy Father said, you know, children like to do that. I know my kids did that. My kids used to put their little toy dinosaurs <laughs> In the in the in the nativity scene and and uh, you know all kinds of uh, their favorite figures. I think even Mario. We had little Mario and Luigi figures. They went the, to worship the Lord there. Uh, you know, uh, characters from the Wizard of Oz and Sesame Street were there. They're all there. That's okay. It's not you know uh, taking anything away from the the scene itself, but actually adding to it to show that Christ came for all people. And Holy Father says, gradually we come to the cave where we find the figures of Mary and Joseph. Mary is a mother who contemplates her child and, and shows him to every visitor. The figure of Mary makes us reflect on the great mystery that surrounded this young woman when God knocked on the door of her immaculate heart. Mary responded in complete obedience to the message of the angel and asked her to become the mother of God. Her words from Luke 1, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word, show all of us how to abandon ourselves in faith to God's will. By her fiat, Mary became the mother of God's son, not losing, but thanks to him, consecrating her virginity. In her, we see the mother of God who does not keep her son only to herself, but invites everyone to obey his word and to put it into practice. I think Cheryl and I are going to do a little uh, teaching on Friday, I think Friday or maybe not, on because she gets a lot of requests for this song called Mary, Did You Know? And she always says, we're not singing that song. <laughs> because it is theologically a very uh, uh, poor song. There's, it, it, the, the, the title itself asks Mary, did you know that your son, and we're going to go through line by line, it's a pretty melody, no doubt about that, but you can't be singing that in the Catholic Church. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's theologically incorrect. But we're going to go over that on Friday, I think. Anyway, uh, at Mary's side, Pope Francis writes, uh, shown protecting the child and his mother stands Saint Joseph. He is usually depicted with staff in hand, or holding up a lamp. St. Joseph plays an important role in the life of Jesus and Mary. He is the guardian who tirelessly protects his family. St. Joseph, uh, um, I'm sorry, when God warned him of Herod's threat, he did not hesitate to set out and flee to Egypt. And once the danger had passed, he brought the family back to Nazareth, where he was to be the first teacher of Jesus as a boy and then as a young man. Joseph treasured in his heart the great 
mystery surrounding Jesus and Mary, his spouse. As a just man, he entrusted himself always to God's will and put it into practice. Um, there's two more paragraphs here. I'm going to stop because I, I, don't, I don't want to uh, get into just one of them halfway and have to stop and wait till tomorrow. We'll, we'll conclude this tomorrow. Um, but, you know, you can take a look at this. It's a short, a short letter. It's an apostolic letter. The Holy Father released it on December 1st. If you go to the uh, Vatican website, www.vatican.va, the first letters in Vatican.va, and go to Pope Francis's page and the English translation, uh, you can pull this up. But again, very simple and very easy to understand teaching on not just the importance of the nativity scene, but giving us the history and also teaching us the importance of the characters and the figures and, and the setting itself uh, in our as a teaching tool, which is what St. Francis back in 1223 originally wanted anyway. Um, my sister was here earlier today, and she was reminding me of uh, many years ago when we went to, um, we went to uh, Radio City Music Hall with my parents um, and... Uh, for their, their Christmas show, and at the end of the show, they had a living nativity scene. And I think they still do it. I, I believe they still do it. Um, and uh, you think that's how it began. That's how St. Francis originally started it, with living nativity, with, with, with uh, the townspeople uh, in, enacting the, the nativity scene. So, all right, we'll take, uh, not take a break, got to go. Stay, hey, we have Christmas music coming up now. So stay tuned. We have two, an hour of Christmas music for you. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. We'll conclude this letter, and it's also Catechism Day. So have a great rest of your day, my friends. Thanks for being a part of this program. Please support us when you get your mailing from us. Uh, please send the envelope back and be generous to your Catholic radio station. God bless you. God love you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>